So let's have a recap of where we've been in the last nine weeks or so, thinking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. The Greek word karpos is translated as fruit, and it refers to the natural product of a living thing. This is what this series has been all about. Not trying to remember all nine so that you can answer Russell's quiz at the church Hogmanay party, but to see the natural product that comes from a living faith. There's a saying that says, you know the root by the fruit. And that's what we're talking about over this last nine weeks and about today. How we will know the root by the fruit. So there's a mum and she's cooking breakfast. And the two boys, the two sons, are fighting over who is going to get the first pancake. So mum decides that it would be a really good learning opportunity. So she says to the boys, why don't you be like Jesus? Because Jesus would give the first pancake to their brother. So Kevin turns to his younger brother and says, tell you what, why don't you be Jesus? So Paul used this metaphor of the fruit to help us to understand the product of the Holy Spirit who lives inside every believer. The fruit of the Spirit is produced by God as he works in us and as we work with him. The word fruit in Greek is karpos. It's in the singular, showing that the fruit is a unified whole. It's not just independent characteristics. It's, it's a whole, and as we grow all the characteristics of Jesus, as we grow with him, the fruit become more evident in our lives. It is the natural product of a living faith. I wonder how you have you found this series in lockdown, online, separated from so many things. How have you found not meeting as church on a Sunday? How has your love and your peace, your joy and your patience been evident? As Christians, we all want to become more like Jesus. That is what we are here on earth for, to become like him, to stand up for him, to stand for the poor, to tackle injustice, to thwart the schemes of the devil. So let us remind ourselves of what Paul wrote as we read from Galatians 5, verses 13 to 26. Today's reading comes from Galatians chapter 5, verses 13 to 26. Life by the Spirit. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbour as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft. Hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions and envy, drunkenness, orgies and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. 
Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying of each other. Amen. I guess the problem for you and me is that we may not see the fruit in us. And others closest to us may wonder sometimes why we call ourselves Christians and why we call Jesus Lord, because our lives don't always match up. But however we feel, just like physical fruit need time to develop, so too it takes time for the fruit of the Spirit to ripen. And just as a gardener needs to battle weeds and all sorts of enemies of the fruit, so too we need to work on our weeds on our insects, our sinful desires that want to choke the work of the Spirit in us. Holy Spirit gives us the power we need to reject these old sinful desires so that we can say no to sin. We can accept the way out that God gives us and that is by allowing Holy Spirit to lead us in His ways and not our ways. As we give the Holy Spirit more control of our lives, He begins to do this in and through us and only he can do this it brings about god's goal for us to make us more like jesus and to make him known god's word says now the lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the lord is there is freedom and we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the lord who is the spirit since God's goal for all his children is to be like Jesus. Holy Spirit is constantly at work in our lives to rid us of the acts of the sinful nature. Galatians 5 verse 19 displays that. And then he shows in Galatians 22 the fruit of the Spirit, the evidence that we are becoming more like Jesus. And I'm, I know you can think of one person that bears these fruits. And we want to be like them and Jesus. So let's remember the nine characteristics that Paul uses to describe the work of the Spirit, the nature of Jesus, the fruit of the Spirit. So love, first one of the nine, it's agape, that's the translation, that self-giving love. And it is love that is a choice, it's not a feeling. It's deliberately expressing itself in loving ways and always seeking the welfare of others. Agape love is dependent on our character, not our emotions. For instance, a mature believer would show agape by not exercising their right to, to, to do something that would harm another Christian in some way. For example, rather than risking a, a younger believer to stumble, the mature believer will choose to set aside their choices, their preferences and desires for the need of the other person. Remember back to Philippians in chapter 2, where we're called to take on the, the persona of Jesus in humility and sacrifice. Then we have joy. Sometimes we tend to downplay the meaning of joy, but the translation of joy in Galatians 5 is gladness and delight. Basically the same thing as what the world means when it talks about joy. A feeling based on our circumstances. Sadly, the joy that the world gives cannot last as it's based on circumstances that cannot last. But the joy of the Lord is based on eternal circumstances. And as we cling to Jesus, abiding in that saving relationship with him, we experience the fullness of joy 
that he has promised that we discover in John chapter 15. And perhaps as Christians we should hold on to that joy a lot more than we do. And sometimes we should let our faces know that we're joyful too. Peace. The world doesn't offer much peace. Just have a look around. The world cannot give peace because the world doesn't know who is peace. But for those who have the spirit of peace within, know that that peace is of Jesus. And we can have the peace of Jesus no matter the circumstances because he's the Prince of Peace. We can reject the chaos of the world and embrace his peace for us. Remember, we've journeyed through Philippians in this lockdown and I can only recommend that you go back to chapter 4 of Philippians and see the key to peace. Number one, choose to rejoice in the Lord and who he is. Number two, bring all your worries, fears, concerns to him in prayer. Number three, fill your mind with God's truth, those things that are admirable and pure. And fourth, choose to think on the things of God. And then we have patience. Go to the supermarket at the moment and you won't see much of this. Especially if you don't queue and you just happen to wander up to a till without thinking. Not that I've done that, of course. We don't see it much in church either, probably because of the culture we're in. If you want it, you get it. You want it straight away, you can deliver it straight away. We never have to wait. It's all constant. Maybe during this lockdown, it, one of the good things has been it's helped us to be patient. Because we can't do anything else about some circumstances. But in Jesus, we have everything we need to be patient because of the Holy Spirit living in us, longing to display his character to those around us. Patient people put up with the circumstances, and even other people, even when severely tried and tested. Patient people display endurance, long-suffering, and perseverance. The New Testament also specifically connects patience with sharing the gospel. Our God is patient, thank God. He waits for the lost to come to him and he calls his people to be patient as we do the same. Do not give up sharing the gospel and be patient for the rewards of your faith being lived out for others. Kindness and goodness are closely related. They present the picture of one who not only possesses moral integrity and goodness, but also shares it generously with others. That's what we want to be as Christians to have goodness in action, because it reflects God's goodness to us, his kindness to us, when he sent his only son for us, to secure in his love us for eternity. And then faithfulness. To be faithful is to be reliable and trustworthy. For the believer, it begins with our Saviour, who has redeemed us, and our faithfulness to him is seen in our constant submission and obedience to the Spirit within us. It is the same word for faith that describes someone who is willing to endure persecution for their faith. Will we endure? And then gentleness, closely linked to humility. Gentleness is the grace of the soul. It's not weakness, but it's strength under control. Paul speaks to Timothy about correcting his opponents with gentleness. And elsewhere in Galatians, he speaks of helping those who have been caught in sin to be restored with a gentleness, with a spirit of gentleness. Gentleness is the opposite of self-interest and self-assertiveness. 
it is a key ingredient in keeping unity and peace within the body of Christ. And that's what we need. And then self-control. Self-control, which points us back to the list of the flesh that Paul mentioned in verses 19 to 21. As we have the Holy Spirit working on us, we develop control over our sinful, harmful desires. We get to say no. Christians aren't sinless, but they do sinless. We get to say no to them and say yes to the Holy Spirit, so that we can foster a beautiful harvest of the fruit of the Spirit. And this is the key, to bring a harvest of these fruit for the benefit of your family, your friends, our church, this world, and your own eternal salvation. These fruit are not for a pub quiz answer. They're about discovering God's will for you and choosing the higher way, to live a life of difference in this world, to bring the fragrance, the smell of Jesus everywhere we go, to be the light of the world, to be the light of Jesus, to grow deep in his love and to let him reap a wonderful harvest in us. That is what the fruit is all about, to follow Jesus, to become more like him and to let his light shine. A family brought in two cocoons that were about to hatch. They watched as the first one began to open and the butterfly inside squeezed very slowly and painfully through a tiny hole that it had chewed at one end of the cocoon. After lying exhausted for about 10 minutes, following its agonising emergence, the butterfly finally flew out the open window on its beautiful new wings. For the other cocoon, the family decided to help the second butterfly so that it would not have to go through such an excruciating ordeal. So as it began to emerge, they carefully sliced open the cocoon with a razor blade, doing the equivalent of a caesarean section. The second butterfly never did sprout wings, and in about ten minutes, instead of flying away, it quietly died. The family asked a biologist friend to explain what happened. And the scientist said that the difficult struggle to emerge from the small hole actually pushes liquids from deep inside the butterfly's body cavity into tiny capillaries in the wings where they're hardened to complete the healthy and beautiful adult butterfly. What's the lesson? Without the struggle, there are no wings. As Christians, we're meant to soar, fly on eagle's wings. But we have to endure, we have to work, we have to struggle to let God work a beautiful harvest in us. So love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. Is that all nine? I think it is. The good news is we don't have to remember it. We have our God in our corner and the Holy Spirit living in us. And the Holy Spirit living in us is growing these nine characteristics. But we need to work it out. As we've gone through this series, it's not just been about learning these nine different amazing characteristics that we want to see manifested in our lives. It's all about letting God work in us. And as we work with him, we become the people he wants us to be. So will we put our trust in him? Will we walk with him? Will we submit and surrender to him? 
And will we allow him to harvest the fruit of the Spirit in us? Will we allow him to grow his Spirit more and more in us? And if we're lacking, if we're not quite there, what do we need to do about it? Who do we need to call upon? We need to call upon God and invite Holy Spirit into our lives in a deeper and a more meaningful way day by day. Maybe Holy Spirit is speaking to you today that even in the midst of the rain, the rains of life, we can find love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control so that we walk the road less traveled, so that we walk with him. And as he leads us and guides us, he fills us with his spirit so that we live changed lives. And that's what it's all about, living changed, redeemed lives to bring hope to this world, hope that this world desperately needs. So go and be people of the spirit and let him reap a harvest of the beautiful fruit in you. Let us pray. Father, I pray that each one of us who are watching this, who are watching this service right now, that they may experience a deeper knowledge of your love and may invite Holy Spirit to come in and freshly anoint each one of us. Lord, there may be some of us who have been watching who've been watching over these last nine weeks and have not yet given their lives to you. Lord, I pray for them right now. May they submit to you and give them, give them your peace as they give their lives to you. And Father, we pray for each one of us who have walked with you many years. Lord, may you grow the maturity of your fruit in us. And may we pass on that amazing love to all those who need to hear. So inspire us, anoint us, and fill us afresh to do your will, to change this world, to become world changers for you. Lord, may your will be done. May your kingdom come. Amen.